Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living For Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we'll naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it will be to live more simply. So today we're going to talk about a topic relating to our mental clutter. Have you guys ever really thought of clutter that way? Do you usually just think of clutter as the stuff in your house and the piles and material things? Or do you think about mental clutter, information overload, um, you know, the stuff that clogs up our brain? Because quite frankly, I think that mental clutter can be even more of a hindrance for us in our walk to living more simply than physical clutter can be because you know really all of our actions begin in our minds and a cluttered mind is a cluttered soul and a cluttered mind leads to actions that can create a cluttered world so we're going to talk about one of the aspects i believe of mental clutter that affects many of us and that is analysis paralysis now i did not make that term up i don't know who did i know somebody did but it wasn't me so i'm not taking credit for that but you know, I want to talk about this um, idea that we can get so bogged down by information and we can get so caught up in all the choices in our world that we actually don't move forward in faith and we don't move forward for some of us, even to really fulfill the purposes we're supposed to fulfill because we get so caught up in analyzing every choice and worrying that we're not making the right choices and comparing different things and just getting stuck. So we're going to talk about this today and how we can be free from that and make decisions and get rid of the clutter that clutters up our minds and causes us to not walk in faith but often in fear. So before we start, I want to thank our podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christian publishing company. They have amazing homeschooling curriculum, lots of resources for your family for every age, every stage of life. Go check them out at Apologia.com. So today, like I said, we're going to talk about this mental clutter and specifically in mental clutter how we can get paralyzed by all of the voices and choices in our world. So let's talk about what are the things that can lead to, you know, analysis paralysis. It can really be in all aspects of your life, from the smallest decisions to the biggest decisions. We can get really caught up in um, not being able to move forward because, Quite frankly, we have so much information nowadays that it does become really hard to make a decision or to go forward because we just get stuck in analyzing all of the information that's available to us. You know, real quickly, it comes to mind like college, right? Choosing a college for my daughter. Um, Yes, you want to have knowledge of the schools. Yes, you want to have the data that's available to, you know, kind of decide what's a good fit. You know, those are normal things. But then what happens to us is because we not only have, like, I remember when I was choosing to go to college, there was like a book. 
it was this big book. I forget what it was called. There was a name for it. But it was this big book that like everybody had at the time. And it listed all of the major universities and colleges in there. And you would kind of go through it by state, read a description, what majors did they offer, how much was it, what was the scores that you needed to get in, and that was it. Nowadays... <laughs> We don't have a book. We have the internet. We have people. We have blogs. We have YouTube. We have podcasts. We have Instagram. All these things. Comparing colleges. Telling us all the information. And you can really get stuck on analyzing all of the facts. All of what people are saying. Now that really causes a ton of mental clutter. When trying to make a decision and listening. You know like like I said back when I was going to school. Maybe a few people had a opinion about the school in my life. Maybe a few people had gone there that I knew and gave their opinion. Now you have the opinions of the whole world to sort through. To scroll through. To read through. Right? It's like infinitely more information than we could ever have imagined is right at our fingertips. And you can literally spend hours, you know, researching. It doesn't just come with college. Basically, any decision out there, right, that you need to make from, like I said, the smallest decisions up to the largest decisions. And so... How does that affect our brains? You know, we have got to have, I'm sure there's going to be studies later on coming out. Our brains have have to function differently than they did when, you know, before all this information age was available to us. I'm not sure how our brains really are functioning well these days because they're so full. And there's just so much information that for many of us, Like I said, it has to affect our brain somehow. For many of us, we really actually become paralyzed by all of the noises and all of the voices and all of the choices that are out there telling us the good, the bad, everything about every decision we could ever want to make. So analysis paralysis definitely happens when you need to make, you know, just practical decisions in your life. Where to go on vacation, where to go to college, what car to buy, what furniture to pick, right? No matter what it is, you can find a review for it on Amazon, right? And you can read through all those. And how many of you end up not buying something because you read through all the reviews and half of them are good and half of them are bad. And it's just when you think you're ready to buy it, then you read that bad review. Or just when you think, well, this is terrible, everybody says it's bad, then you read that one really good review, right? So yes, our brains are completely cluttered with information. And then I'm not just talking about, you know, I want, I'm going to talk about like, you know, the spiritual stuff and the soul stuff right now, you know, so all of that is one thing, like I said, making practical choices. But what about when it comes to making life decisions about, you know, moving forward maybe in serving or ministry or, you know, moving forward in some choices that maybe you need to make in your family life, your parenting, your homeschool, whatever it is. Or even when it comes to really big life choices like choosing a spouse for the single people out there, we can still get really caught up in analyzing a situation so much that we don't make a decision. And so what we do is we will kind of 
at least this is how it's been for me and from, you know, what I've talked to other people, they, they can relate. Say we have to make a life decision, right? And you're feeling that God is leading you in, in, in a certain way. And you read scripture and you pray about it. And you spend time with the Lord, which is number one, what we're supposed to do when any big decision or any decision, everything we do in our life is an outflow of our relationship with God. It's not like we only pray for the big things. We literally should be making every single choice out of our relationship with the Lord. God should be so central to your being that no decision is made apart from him. So it's not just like, oh, we need to make these decisions and then we like call on God to bless them, right? He is, your relationship with God will determine how you move forward with everything because everything you do is an outflow of your relationship with God. And anyway, so you get to these big life decisions and say you're praying about it and you're, you know, you're, you're reading your word and you're, you're just waiting on the Lord. But then you start to talk to others and you get their opinions. Or maybe something comes across the internet, an article about this very thing that you're trying to decide on. And you start to, you know, read that. And then there's a million comments on that article. And you start to read the opinions of strangers. And you're letting those opinions of strangers get in your mind that never would have happened years ago because you wouldn't have been able to read all this stuff, right? So we go from being with God and he's leading us to something and then very quickly we can have all the noises and all the voices in the world speak to us louder than his voice. Analysis paralysis really happens when we are letting others' voices drown out the one and only true voice that we should be listening to, and that is God's. We will not have this problem with mental clutter and with analysis paralysis when we're walking with the Lord. Because you have confidence in the Lord that the Lord is not going to allow you to make a move apart from him. If you are walking with the Lord and you are praying about things and you are, you know, Uh, reading your Bible and communicating with him, you may make a decision that turns out wrong or turns out poorly, but don't think that was out of the hand of God. And if you're walking closely with him, then there's a purpose for that. And every decision that you make is still under the sovereignty of God. We need to remember God is the one that should be leading us not others. Other people certainly have a place to give us opinions, to give us advice, to share wisdom. There's certainly a lot of wisdom out there from a lot of people that is very helpful. But you better make sure that the wisdom that you're getting from other people lines up with what God's word says. Because if it doesn't, it is not bringing you closer to the Lord. It is bringing you away from the Lord. Every piece of information that you allow into your mind, everything that you allow to come across your eyes, every word that you read should bring you closer to the Lord and not further away. And let's face it, most of the internet junk, 95% of it 
is bringing us away from the Lord. It's distracting us. It's causing us to, number one, think about ourselves so much. (laughs) It's causing us to compare. It's causing us to fill up on so much useless information or extra information or just such an abundance that our minds really do not have the capacity to deal with it all. And so when it comes to making decisions in life or it comes to, you know, having um, choices to make, we shouldn't have this problem that we get paralyzed by fear and paralyzed by all the voices if we're listening to God's voice first. I've said this time and again, and I believe it wholeheartedly, the more we Spend time with God, the less we want to spend on all the other junk. The more our mind is filled up on the things of God and truths of his word, the less room there is in our minds to fill up on junk. And so when I'm in my word in the morning and I'm communicating with God, you know, I'm I'm reading what he has to say and I'm praying and I'm, you know, meditating on different things, I have no desire to go fill up on some silly Instagram video or, you know, scroll through Facebook. Cause I'm like, this is me and God. We're, you know, he's, he's showing me so much truth in his word. And the other really important thing about finding, you know, spending time with him and filling up on his truth. It's so much easier to discern the voices out there in the world when you are filled up with his truth. There's a lot less confusion, a lot less chaos, and a lot less clutter because God does not, he does not, he is not the author of confusion or chaos, right? We have calm, we have peace, we have faith, we have trust, we have hope when we are in his word and we're filling our minds with the truths of his word. So there's no need to go fill it up on these other things. If you have a big life decision to make, if you have choices to make, it all begins with how are you doing in your walk with the Lord? Are you spending time with God? Because as human beings, we can go down all kinds of rabbit trails in our brain, right? We will... As a, as a human being, and that has to make a choice in our flesh, our mind is going to say, what if, right? And I've done, believe me, this is something that I have done. So when I talk about things like this, it's because I, I get it. <laughs> These are things I've struggled with or may continue to struggle with. We have to remember in our brains, we're going to think, well, what if this happens? You know, we always assume all the worst case scenarios, right? And we will go, you know, and try to figure out what's going to happen. Well, if I make this decision and I go this way, what if this happens? But if I make the decision the other way, what if that happens? And what if this doesn't happen? What if this does happen? You know, we do all this. For instance, when Grace first went to college that first weekend, as I've shared on the podcast and you know, in my uh, blogging world, I wrote several posts recently about the transition to college for me, um, sending my daughter off to college. 
But when I sent her off that first weekend and I was really struggling, I, I mean, I was struggling with normal grief. I was going through a lot of grief. About two days in, it turned into full-blown anxiety. And I said to Steve, I, like, I literally can't stop because I would worry about one thing. Like, <gasps> what if, you know, she doesn't do well in her classes? What if I didn't prepare her enough for college? <gasps> oh, my goodness. What if the workload is too much? What if she doesn't know how to write a paper? What if she's, you know not up to par with the college classes. What if, what if, what if? And it was like as soon, and I would make up a million scenarios in my mind. Like a million. I can't even tell you. Like I would just make up scenarios that was like, what if this happens with her classes? And, you know, uh, if she doesn't do well, what are we going to do? Like planning what we're going to do if she doesn't do well. She hadn't even started classes yet. <laughs> and so then I told Steve, the pro the real like upsetting thing to me was I would put, I would call it like I put that fire out in my brain. I would be like, okay, I'm that she'll, she'll be fine. Like I would start to, you know, pray about it. And I felt like, okay, she'll be fine. And then all of a sudden my worry would turn to something else. How are we paying for this? This college, you know, this college thing can be expensive. What, what if we run out of money? What if I, you know, Steve doesn't get in more work? What if, what if, what if, and I would just then worry about the money. So I would, I would stop worrying about the grades and then I would worry about the money. And then I would be like, God's going to provide, God's going to provide. And I like put that fire out and then I would go on to the next thing. Oh my goodness, she has her car at school. Are we crazy letting her have her car? She doesn't know her way around. What if she goes out late at night by herself? What if she gets lost? What if she gets in an accident? And literally I couldn't stop playing out scenarios in my mind. Partially, I think the problem that people like me who have a tendency to, you know, uh, worry, and I clearly admit that is a sin that I deal with. And I say it is a sin because I am not trusting God. And, you know, there's a difference from being concerned about something like a completely normal concern. But worrying is when you're just like going down with all the what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, and you start to kind of get obsessive about it. And so, <clears throat> you know, I was doing that and worrying about all these things. And it's it just, it was like not stopping. Like I was just, you know, and so the problem is it's, it's, showing God that I have no faith. Because if you remember the story of how she got to that college, it was clearly all God. It was clearly his plan. We had never intended for any of this. And time and again, he would do things that would just happen. And we'd be like, oh my goodness, it's so obvious that this is where the Lord is leading. And a lot of that was because we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we stuck close to God, just like I'm saying, you know, when you're walking really close to God, um, you you can discern. And so it became very obvious that that's where he wanted her. Yet in the the moment when I was worrying and I was playing over every scenario in my mind and constantly obsessing about every little detail... I was completely turning away from God. I was turning away. Now, not believe me, not my whole being. I, I'm not saying I was turning away, but I was, you know, turning away from that trust. I was turning away from that faith 
that full faith that I had that this is where she was supposed to be. And all of a sudden, I was, you know, replaying all these things that could happen. Now, like I was going to say, I think a lot of that comes from, what, this is what I was going to say before and I got off track. Somebody like me, who's, who's a worrier, the internet is not a good thing for me because all I need to do is see, you know, 10 articles a day about car accidents and so-and-so's, you know, child went away to college and this bad thing happened to them. And I mean, these things have always happened. There's always been car accidents. There's always been tragedies. There's always been terrible things, right? But we didn't see it a million times a day. And so that causes a lot of that mental clutter and it causes us to literally analyze everything. Like, well, I cannot send her to college because she might get in a car accident. (laughs) Because, you know, you have so much more information about stuff that it causes you to just it causes you, like I said, to turn away from your your trust and your faith. Those things have always happened. We just didn't always know about them. And quite frankly, I, I'll never forget, I was speaking last year in, uh, or two years ago, a year ago in Atlanta. And um, I was speaking at a convention and I had brought a friend with me and my daughter had just started driving. And while we were in Atlanta, my husband says, oh yeah, she's going to, you know, my daughter at home is going to go out tonight to her friend's house. And I'm like, what? Are you crazy? You know, it's like 10 o'clock at night, the deer on the road. She's an inexperienced driver. You let her out like driving alone at night. And he's like, it's fine. You know, she's fine. And I was telling my friend, like, I'm not going to be able to function until I know that she's home now because all I could think about was, you know, where we live, there's country roads, there's no street lights, there's deer everywhere. You have to be very careful. She's an inexperienced driver. And I was just paralyzed by fear. And my friend, I mean, she's such a good friend. She just says, you know, quite frankly, and, and keeps it real and honest. And it, this is true. And it's, it may sound harsh, but it's absolutely true. She's like, Karen, when it's her time, it's her time. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, yeah, you, she kind of snapped me out of it. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. You know, like no amount of worrying and analyzing the statistics of how many, you know, young drivers get killed and hit deer and whatever is going to stop God's plan for her life. And, you know, that's the God on his truth. That is not like being mean or harsh. That is true. Yes, it's normal for a parent to be concerned, but it is not normal to obsess and get paralyzed. Because if you let that paralyze you, I've never let her go out because she could get an accident. Quite frankly, I could keel over at any moment, right? And those are just the honest facts. So what happens is we can get so caught up in our fears and our worries and what if and, you know, analyzing situations and analyzing decisions and analyzing choices that we never move forward. We just get paralyzed and we're frozen with fear. And what does that say about our relationship with God? That we're not trusting and we're not walking in faith. And he has every moment of everyone's life ordained already, set in in stone from the beginning of time. And our job is to fully, you know, obey him, to, to walk with him, to get in his word, to know him. When you know God, 
and you want to know him more, and you thirst after his word, you are not going to suffer from analysis paralysis because you are steeped in the truth that God is in control and you are not. And your job is to trust him and obediently follow him wherever he leads you. Even if the worst case scenario in your mind happens, you still have to follow God. And I know that is a painful thought, especially for many of you out there who have been in the worst case scenario. But the worst case scenario still does not cancel out who God is. So when we suffer from analysis paralysis or, or not being able to make a choice or not being able to walk forward, it's really a symptom. It's a symptom of many things, but it's a symptom of our lack of trust and our lack of faith. And this isn't to convict any of you out there because I'm speaking to myself. This is something that I have had to deal with. I would say it's gotten better the closer I get to God, the, the more I walk with him, the more I am, I am secure that he is in control. He will work all things for good because he says so in his word. Even things that don't feel good or look good, he's working for good. You know, the biggest tragedies of my life that I've walked through I have seen how he has worked them for good. So while no one wants to make a wrong decision and no one wants to make a choice that is harmful, we have to remember our job is to seek God first in everything we do. When we are going to, you know, get everybody else's advice, have we sought God first? When we're, you know, Googling on the internet every statistic, have we sought God first? When we're playing over every scenario in our mind, have we sought God first? And you know, great testimony, I will say, since those first few days when Grace was away, and I cried out to the Lord, like, Lord, you need to make it stop. I can't stop right now. Because I'm admitting, in my flesh, I can't stop. I need you, Lord. And then I go to his word, and I read every verse I can about fear. I read every verse I can about trust. I read every verse I can about his, you know, him being in control. He is sovereign above all. And I fill up on truth. And I see him transforming me. Since that time, I have had, I would say, hardly any worry. It's like completely different. I was more worried about her when she was home, I think, um, than when she's there. God has really done a work in me in that because that is not like me. Trust me. Um, but it's it's been very freeing. I know that God is the one who led her to that school. And we actually said, even when she was leaving for school, even if it doesn't work out, even if like you go away and you hate it, I still know without a doubt because of all the praying we did and all the listening we did to the Lord and all the waiting on him and watching how it all unfolded, we knew 100% she was supposed to go there. I said, even if you hate it, even if you go there and it doesn't work out, I still know that's where you're supposed to go. Like for right now, I still know this is what you're supposed to do. 
See, in my human flesh, I might have done the whole analysis paralysis right before she was ready to go. I thought of every reason why she shouldn't go. She needs to stay home so everything can stay the same. She needs to stay home. It'll save us money. She needs to stay home so I can make sure she's safe. She needs to stay home for whatever reason. You know, you can list all the reasons. And in my flesh, I would have probably kept her home. But knowing that God is the one in control, and I knew 100% that God was leading her there, there's freedom in that, in knowing that this is what you're supposed to do. So if you're out there and you're suffering from making decisions because your, your mind is just too cluttered up, you just don't know how to make a decision anymore. There's either too much information or you're playing over and over in your mind all the different scenarios, the what ifs, you know, the what if not, what if this happens, what if it doesn't happen. That is a huge um, red flag that you need to stop and just go to the Lord and ask him and tell him, repent of it. Say, Lord, I'm not trusting right now. Lord, I'm in a place where I'm I'm not trusting. Lord, I want you to take over. Lord, I want you to calm my fears. Lord, I want you to give me peace and help me to make this decision. And out of that walk with the Lord, you are going to be able to discern where he's leading you. You know, so many people say, and this has happened to me too, you get in a situation, you pray about it, you pray about it, you pray about it, and you just feel like there's no answer. You're like... I don't see the Lord leading me anywhere else. I, 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 don't, I don't see the answer. That happened to Steve and I when he um, started his own business back in 2013. He had been laid off from his job. And that was the third time in our marriage that he was laid off. And he was just like, you know what? I'm done with this. I am not. <laughs> I am not going to, you know, go back to the traditional workforce. I'm going to start my own business. And I didn't like that idea. I was like, no, that's too risky. There's no security. And my friend, my very wise friend said to me, no security. He's been laid off three times. Where is the security in going back to the workplace? And, you know, he really felt like if he, if he um, started his own business, that's fully relying on God, right? That's saying every week we're going to rely that God is going to provide another, you know, more work for you. And so I wasn't quite there yet. I was still really afraid. I didn't want him to go back to the workplace. He was offered a job that it would have been terrible for our family. But it was a job. So, you know, there was that. <laughs> and then the other, the other decision was to not, you know, to not take it and to start his own business. I hated both of those choices. And I was saying, I was with my girlfriends. We were on a retreat, actually, um, a homeschool mom's retreat. And I cried the entire weekend. And I was just saying, there is no solution. I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and God is not giving me an answer. And, you know, I was turning over every scenario in my mind. You know what? I just said the key. God is not giving me a solution. I was praying and praying and praying, but I was still turning over every single thing in my mind. I wasn't yet fully trusting. I was saying I was, but I'm praying. He's not answering. I'm praying. He's not answering. And if he wasn't answering, then that means wait some more. He's God. He can tell you to wait, right? How many times do we tell our kids, one more minute, one more minute? God has every right to tell us, I'm not ready yet. One more minute. You will see. I'm working all things for good. Just wait. I know it's hard to be patient, but he's God. Trust him.
And so I said to my girlfriends, there is no answer. I'm praying and praying and he's not giving me an answer. So like I said, I was praying and praying, but still, you know, kind of holding on and, and, and turning over every scenario in my head. And then it all came to me in Exodus when they are about to cross the Red Sea. They get to, the Israelites are being, you know, chased by the Egyptians. They get to the water. And that's literally how I felt. I read this passage when this was all occurring, and I'm like, this is me. They get to the water, and behind them, they're being chased. They're, what are they going to do? They're going to die. In front of them, there's this big water. What are they going to do? They're going to die. They are stuck. That's how I felt. And what did God say in that moment? Be still. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. You will survive this. You will get through this. I will bring you to the promised land. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. That's saying, enough. I know it looks impossible. I know that if you go forward, it looks impossible. If you go behind you, it looks impossible. Stop analyzing it. Stop worrying and stand here and watch what I'm going to do. And in that moment, you have to, this is the key to everything, completely surrender and say, Lord, thy will be done. I trust you in the outcome, no matter what. See, most of us say, I trust you in the outcome if I get what I want, if it feels good, if I made the right choice. No, true surrender. I trust you in the outcome no matter what, because you are working all things for good. And in that time, I realized then I had to completely surrender not ask God for a solution while I turned over all the choices in my mind, but to stop turning over the choices, to stop even thinking about the outcome and say, Lord, there is so much freedom in surrendering. Lord, thy will be done. I will stand still and watch what you're going to do. And then what does God do? He does something that you would never, ever dream of. You would never imagine. He parts the sea and they walk right through to their safety, to their victory, to their hope, to their future. Who would ever think that was even an option? Because we limit God. We limit the outcome to our human flesh. We limit what we think can happen. I will use that example again with Grace going to school. I truly surrendered it to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I want what you want. If you want her to stay home, I want her to stay home. If you want her to go away, I want her to go away. And when it became clear that she was to go away, I said, all right, I have to walk in that. Even if I'm scared. Even if I didn't think that would be the option because we never planned on it. And guess what? He's doing abundantly more for her out there. He has parted the sea. He has done things. I just said to her when she was home last week, can you even believe like 
She's not just, oh, I like school. She's thriving. She's having amazing experiences and opportunities we never dreamed or imagined. But we need to trust God, right? We need to trust God when we have to make a decision. We need to trust God when we come to a big life choice or a very small daily choice. Don't limit the outcome. Don't think because the statistics, you know, don't line up that something can't happen. God can do anything that he wants, but that's the key. What he wants, not what we want. I want to live to be an old lady. Maybe I'll die at, you know, a young age. I want to see my kids, you know, have grandchildren and be that grandma and everything. Maybe they'll not get married. Like all these things, who knows what can happen? We don't know what is going to happen from one minute to the next minute, let alone replaying scenarios in our minds of what we think will happen down the road. What does the Bible say? Our life is but a vapor, right? We can say, don't say like what's going to happen tomorrow because Lord knows what's going to happen tomorrow. God knows. Only God knows. We can try to know, but we will never know. We are not God. And may we not try to be. May we know our place. And our place is to obediently follow him, trusting him, and not knowing the outcome. To to let him fight and you to be still. Be still. So I really believe that for many of us, one of the things that clutters up our lives, and like I said, mental clutter spills over to physical clutter. A cluttered soul is a cluttered life. One of the ways to get rid of mental clutter, especially in this instance of not being able to make choices or decisions, and I'll say it again is what I always say, follow God, get in his word, get to know him, seek him first. He is not going to fail you. He is leading you exactly where he has planned for you. And as difficult as it is to not over, you know, analyze every little decision, that's what you're born to do. You're born to follow God. And so analyzing and analyzing, and like I said, it's okay to have information and and to be wise. But when we're analyzing and analyzing and going down these, you know, rabbit trails, And filling our mind with every statistic we can. I feel like, you know, God's like, oh, you have little faith. Why are you worrying, right? Why are you worrying? Last week we talked about Martha and Mary and sitting at Jesus' feet. It's that same posture. The posture of sitting down at Jesus' feet. Listening. Seeking. Obeying. And then following. We try to take matters into our own hands when we constantly, you know, pour over all these things in our minds and we, um, you know, turn over all the different scenarios and the outcomes. We take matters into our own hands and most likely all of those things, like I said, I've done that. I've worried about all these things and they never happen. And you know what does happen when you do that? You wasted a lot of time in your own thoughts, in your own worries, gathering your statistics, gathering your data, reading all your articles. And you weren't spending time with the Lord. Imagine we spent the amount of time that we do gathering information and statistics and playing over scenarios in our mind. Imagine we spent that much time 
in God's word, seeking him first in everything we do. Then you will be free from all the voices, all the choices, all the noise of this world clamoring for your attention because all you want to do is listen to God. And that's my encouragement for you today. I hope that was helpful and I hope that encouraged you. And I want to hear from you. If you suffer from, you know, getting paralyzed by all the choices or all the noise, I want to hear about that. I want to continue the discussion. You can comment over on the Facebook page or on Instagram or the blog, wherever you're um, looking at me over there on social media or following me. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to rate and review it and help me get that message out there to others. Share it with your friends. If you have a friend who's suffering from, you know, uh, analysis paralysis or mental clutter, let's lift each other up. Let's share, you know, these things with each other and walk together and encourage each other. So I'd love for you to share this podcast with a friend. Um, if you think they would need it, tag them over there on social media, wherever you're finding the podcast. And um, I just wanted to also let you guys know that the Bible-based homeschooling e-course is still available. We've had a lot of signups this week. I'm really excited that families are wanting to get um, in the word with their kids and keep the foundation of their homeschool and their families and their life with the Bible. Also, I'm still taking appointments for homeschool consulting, which is going wonderfully. I am loving every single client and being able to spend time with them. Um, And also, I am still working on the Simply Living for Him devotional. Y'all can pray for me because I want to get this done. And God has been um, really, um, you know, working in me. And and really, I've I've had a lot of... um, excitement as I'm as I'm writing this devotional, but I'd love to have it done so you guys could pray for me for that. I really hope that this devotional is going to be just like, you know, little snippets of, of my encouragement um, to, and, and really to, you know, help you focus on the things that matter most. The purpose of the devotional is to point you to Jesus, not to point you to me and what I say, to point you to Jesus, to encourage you, um, and to, you know, get you in the Word. So look for that coming out within the next couple of months, Lord willing. And thank you again for listening. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.